What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I hope that you had a great weekend. We are back again with part two of our interview with Zach Miller for Miller Mondays. And so, uh, man, I encourage you to listen in. If you haven't listened to part one, go listen to that first, because some of this just won't make any sense if you haven't uh, listened to that. But uh, here in today's interview, Zach and I dive a little bit more into his book, Anomaly, How to Finally Stand Out from the Crowd. And he just gives us some really uh, practical principles to be able to use with being an anomaly. And so I'm going to kick it off to Zach. You'll hear he begins to razz me a little bit uh, at this point in the interview right from the start. But uh, I think we just have a great interview uh, for the rest of this time. So enjoy. Leave your comments. We'd love to hear from you what you're learning from Zach as you learn this. Talk to you soon. Bye. That's good. Um, What if it was bad? Would you say that was bad? (laughs) I would ask more questions. I don't, okay. think, I would, I don't think I would say it was bad because uh, usually I, I found that it's usually that I don't understand it. Right? Yeah. And so. Um, so if it's good, that means he understood it or he just doesn't <laughs> want to talk about it anymore. Got it. Um, in the first part of your book, you talk about the sales funnel uh, being an anomaly. What are some tips for setting yourself apart in the way you sell your product or whatever it is that you're trying to sell? So I look at a sales funnel as a system and that system is in place knowing that you it's very unlikely for you to meet someone the first time and them to buy from you typically it takes five to seven positive interactions for them to go from learning about you to buying from you if you have a bad encounter in there it takes 35 positive interactions to get them back to number one which basically means you lost you're not going to get them back no one's going to give you 35 more chances And so understanding that that's a series of steps and games, um, you have to play like that to to win the game. And so as crazy as it seems, don't sell the first time you meet someone. Yeah. You know, think about the last sales call that you you got from someone. Was it the first time you met them? And how much did that annoy you? I hate when LinkedIn people do that. They connect with me and the first thing they do is message me about something they want to sell me. Yep. Or in a way that's, Subtle enough to know that that like the third question is going to get to that. Right. Right. And so my whole thing is, and I'm going through right now with a bunch of people and like, it's, it's not that I don't want you to make money. I absolutely want you to make sales, but I want that probability of when you actually ask for it to be higher. And I believe that if you go into scenarios where you build a true relationship with someone, you have a better chance of getting them to that step where you can ask them for money. Why do I think you, when you meet someone at a networking event, the first question shouldn't be, what do you do for a living? That's just, you're hoping that person gets out their elevator pitch. They probably don't want to talk about business anyway, and they're nervous about saying the wrong thing. Right. But when you find something that is basically that they love, and with 140 million people having Netflix accounts and adults, this is crazy, consume 11 hours of media content a day. That's crazy. You realize a lot of people in there binge Netflix. Yeah. Right. So find something that you can connect with them. And if they happen to have a Netflix account, which the overwhelming majority of people do, it's not Netflix. It could be clothes, it could be sports. It could be something else, but find something that resonates that connects both of you together and build that relationship from there. Because now when you call them, you can talk about that. And then business becomes a secondary thing 
But when it's time, they like you a lot more and will actually give you, in my interpretation or in my opinion, 10, 10 times more money because they feel more comfortable with you. Yeah. So create that relationship and better things happen. I, I have a good example of that. I, I had a guy that uh, reached out to me through LinkedIn and said, hey, I'm, I'm interested in higher education and making a career change. I've just been doing some research. Do you have some time to chat? Oh, boy. And I don't normally answer that sort of thing. But for some reason, I felt like, hey, I should I should reach out to this guy and see what's going on. And throughout the course of like two months, just asking great questions, seeing how adept this person was with things that I would ask him. Uh, this person's actually coming to work for me here oh. on August 1st. So it ended up being a good thing. It, it was. It, it, and he, did, he didn't start off saying, hey, I want to get a job. He started off interested in a topic that I would do your research. an expert about basically. do your research right right so the i used the word dazzle earlier that yeah. word is from a movie 21 which is a um, a blackjack movie have you okay. seen it no i haven't seen it so it's a movie about this kid who went to harvard law i think and wants to go to harvard med okay and he's trying to get this um he's applying for the scholarship it's like a half a million dollar scholarship and he goes in he gets this this spiel and this this talk and the guy goes Look, man, like everyone looks the same. Everyone has the exact same credentials. What are you going to do to dazzle me? Most resumes all look the same. Right. Right. Shows that you have experience, but it doesn't show that you're creative or the right fit or that you're that hard worker. Just because you say you're hardworking doesn't mean that you're hard work. When someone's like, oh, I'm a hard worker. Okay. I would hope so. <laughs> right. Like we, you want someone else to say that about you. Right not you to say that about yourself. And so um, I work with a lot of creative people and I'm like, look, you have, you've got to be creative in there. Right. So if you want to get someone's, um, if you want to pique someone's interest, if you want to get someone's attention, buy them a box of donuts, buy their company, some pizzas, do something to be noticed, ask them questions about themselves, not, Hey, I want a job. Right. Because guess what? That's what everyone's doing. Yep. And you camouflage yourself with those people. And so you have to be different. You have to be an anomaly. Send a handwritten card. It's not hard, right? It's simple little things that go a long way to get someone's attention, but then you're on their radar. You still might not get whatever that thing is, but I guarantee you have a better chance if you do little subtle things that cost 10 bucks or less to get someone's attention than if you just send in what their quote unquote requirements are, right? Send a cover letter, send a resume. Great. You do that with the 10,000 other people that are going to do that. And guess what happens? It gets scanned by computer. You lose is what happens. Right. Yeah. But if you were to take that same thing looking for a job and you send the hiring manager a handwritten card beforehand saying, hey, just want to let you know I appreciate you um, looking over my resume and I look forward to the opportunity to maybe work for you in the future. Does anyone ever do that to you? Rarely. Right. This this guy sent me a handwritten card. But if it happened, he must have read Anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. He listens to the podcast, so hopefully go. he will now. Maybe now. he will. But you're going to then look through and find that person's resume yep. where you wouldn't have before. Yep. Right? Someone said, oh, that wouldn't happen. But yes. The human uh, effect of that is someone is going to look at that and be like, that person did a little bit more. I should give them a little bit more, too. It happens. And so Anomaly, what I think is great is you can use it for getting a, a girl or a boyfriend, uh, get it for a job, 
getting new business, whatever. And I think that's great. It's just learning that these, everything's a game and how can you gamify your life? Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> it's really good. No? Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> I'm just, I'm getting caught up in here. I'm forgetting to look at my notes here for the questions, but it says, say, this is really good. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some examples. What are some ways you've seen people stand out as anomalies? I think you mentioned some in the book. Yeah. Um, so I, the, the story I like to tell is this guy who three or four years ago was um, getting out of one of his jobs to then start on this new business called Market Muscles. And he built this beautiful website and basically told the world, hey, we're open. And do you hear that? It's crickets. No one cared. And he, he would message me and be like, hey, Zach, I don't get it. I don't get why this isn't working. I was like, well, no one knows you. No one trusts you. No, You have no credibility. Right. You need to build that up. And I was like, think of this as doctor visits. So how can you meet with as many people as possible and help them out basically for free over, you know, let's say 50, 10 minute calls over hopefully that day or a day or two. And then by that, people were like, wow, if this guy could give me this in 10 minutes, what else could he do for me? He started doing those things because he, he, um, he would go to like different message boards and forums and he would give people feedback and then be like, Hey, like, if you want, I, I can talk to you about this a little bit and more. I got 10 minutes tomorrow if you want to talk. And so he would talk and he got one customer and then another customer and then another customer. And then this past um, January, he hosted his first market muscles marketing conference. Hmm. Um, he had about a hundred people show up to that wow. all customers and he has 500 customers now. Wow. And millions of dollars in revenue all because he, number one, he had great resilience to not give up. But number two, he then started helping people. And I'm not saying help everyone for free. Right. But when you're a nobody, you have to do something to get in front of people. And if you're knowledgeable in websites, martial arts, marketing, and those people need your help, you give them 10 minutes. And then, you know, the next step is they look at you more and go, Oh, well, he has this marketing martial arts website. I need marketing for my martial arts website. I, I bet he could help me out. Maybe I should sign up for this. Right. And then it's ding, 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 ding. You know, those are the aha moments. And I think, most people just build something and expect the world to come. And instead, if you put a little bit of um, interest in your customers, good things can happen from it. How do you like, so throughout all of your business, do you continue to offer those sorts of free things so that you meet new people and build credibility with them? Or is there a place where you have to flip the switch? I think you have to flip the switch to some extent, but I think you can still provide free value to people. Okay. Right. So this show is that. Right. Right. Um, producing social content where people can find you is that doing live shows where people can ask questions and you get feedback from there. Um, you know, it might not be feasible for you to every day do a 50, 10 challenge, if you will. Right. But I think there's ways that you can sprinkle that in to get people to see you so that you can then um, hopefully put them down the funnel, if you will, to, to win. Um, but I think early on, most people, if they acted more like doctors, they would get more visitors in, which then 
allows them to do, to do more operations, which is where all the money is. Right. More consultations and yeah. stuff like you, that. You have, to, you have to do things to get in front of people. Right. Right. So, you know, whether it's a traditional ad on TV, to the consumer, it's still free. They're right. learning about you. So whether it's you know paying money for something like that, a magazine ad, getting featured somewhere, offer value to people and provide those resources to people. If you want to be a you know a famous comedian, start posting your your comedy online, right? Then do you know online Q and A's with people or say hey like what are some jokes that you um, need clarity on or help? So it's like when you go to the food court. Or Costco, when they hand you like a little piece of chicken, you try it, you like it, a percentage of those people then go and buy it. Right. Do a bunch of little taste tests, if you will. Right. So I love to look at things that I do as a consumer, dissect what they do, and say, oh, that's interesting. That all they're really doing is giving someone a sample. So if I give someone a sample, I might be able to turn them into a customer. If I I'm trying to go out with a girl and give her a sample. Give her a sample. <laughs> You're probably not going to marry her after just going up to her and be like, Hey, marry me. Right. It, it's a process, right? Right. Life is a process. And so if we, if we look at that and we combine all these things together, we're just increasing our probability to win when those scenarios happen. Do you think that's just because we're trying to be so efficient these days? Like our world is so fast paced that we feel like we get caught up in that. No, because I think people always saw it like this. Um, and I, I just don't think they actually dissect it. You know, it's people, yes, we're faster and stuff like that, but and we're trying to be more efficient, but we don't recognize that that game is not working, hmm. right? I see a lot of real estate agents now posting pictures on their social networks like everyone wants to see a house that's for sale. Right. No. That's not what people want to see. Yeah, I have a house. I don't. Right. right. It's like, yes, we understand what you do for a living. But I find the majority of people don't want to see that kind of content. And it ends up becoming this nuisance. And so what happens to the nuisance is you ignore. And then you start to dislike. And that person who you would have bought from or you would have hired to do that thing becomes a thing that you don't even want to work with anymore. Because they annoyed you. Right. And so I always tell people, like, think about the ways that you buy things or you consume stuff, the things that you love, dissect and implement yourself. The things that you hate, don't do for your own brand. So if you hate when someone calls you and says, buy my thing, then don't call them and say, buy my thing. <laughs> right. But yeah, what do the majority of people do? Right. I, th I think we're I think we're historically trained poorly. Hmm. And I think people need to um, be trained better. The anomaly way. The anomaly way. <laughs> okay, so who do you, who do you hope picks up anomaly? Like, if you could say, I know everybody. You want everybody to be able to get this, but like, are there some people out there that you go that might be listed to this? That you, I really hope that you read anomaly. I think anyone and everybody is who anomaly is for now. Uh, I believe I wrote it for people who are looking for ways to be seen more. Um, well, let's, let's go back to the Genesis, right? So I, I, about two years ago, I was looking at reflecting back and saying who and what are asking, are, is there some sort of question that people are asking me over and over and over again? Yeah. And I was reflecting back and I was like, 
I think there is. It's I want more and I want it quicker and I want to spend the least amount of money to do it. Mm. It is, is that something that I've been able to answer? And I had answered that in a bunch of different ways, but not in a book. And I was like, Oh, it seems like more people, you know, want things faster. They don't understand marketing. Um, and they don't understand kind of the persuasion piece of that. And so if you're someone that's sitting there going, I have this great thing. I have this great product. I have this, I have this great idea of dating this girl. I'm married. So I don't, I don't know why I didn't say those things. Right. But I used the techniques of anomaly to get my wife. So I guess it, it worked. Boom. Boom. It worked. <laughs> um, so if, if, if you have a great product service brand, but no one knows about it, I think Anomaly is a great book for you because it shows you ways that are very like tangible and practical that don't need the budgets of Apple and Amazon to get there, right? Most people don't have Amazon budgets. Yeah. Most people don't have Nike's budget. Most people don't have a $10,000 a month budget for something, right? But what are some ways that you can capitalize and put a little, you know, hard work and grease into it to get the results that you want? in front of the people that you want them to be. And I think by knowing, understanding the game and understanding their kind of vernacular and the specific target customer, I think you have a great chance of doing that. That's good. So you can find Anomaly uh, on ZachMillerSays.com. Mm -hmm. Wherever books are sold. And wherever books are sold. Just type Anomaly, <laughs> Zach Miller. Um, and I'm an aspiring comedian, so hopefully that's... Uh, I keep saying that. I don't know why I say that, but do you do anything at like the push comedy no, theater? I'm terrified. Like that? I'm terrified of things like that. Okay. I would not want to, I'd much rather do this than get in front of a, a group of people and have to imagine them in their underwear. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so the producer of that, or the guy who owns push is the producer of my TV show. Oh, okay. And he's like, you gotta come out. Nope. Nope. Don't want to get on stage. <laughs> don't want to do anything like that. So it's funny how like I can do, I can speak in front of a bunch of people. I can do live shows and do podcasts, but I have zero interest in actually, I want to be behind the scenes live on a camera uh, streaming comedian, but not in front of people. Cause you don't want to see the audience. I know. I'm just terrified of the booze. Oh, okay. <laughs> <'Cause they're> like, <laughs> This we should, we should go do an improv class or something like that together. To well, it's like Michael Scott, right? He's not, he, he's very dry humor. Right. I'm dry humor. So I have to have the right room. Right. Yeah. Even, Even though you don't get to choose the room. Usually, Michael Scott so. is the greatest comedian of all time though, right? <laughs> he's pretty great. Yeah, he's pretty good. And he does improv and all does that he? other stuff. But yeah. So huh. hmm. what is his real name? Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Yes. I think he started in Second City with uh, Stephen Colbert and those guys mm. and stuff. So. The Chicago place? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm good with I'm good with my life that way. I'm gonna stop saying aspiring comedian. I usually just say that to get like to loosen up the room. Like, oh, this guy's gonna be fun. He's not gonna be boring. Yeah, so I maybe that's why I say it. I think people have found you to be uh, endearing, uh, helpful, and just really transparent with kind of your journey and what you've learned. And I, I feel like very generous with the stuff that you learned. I've I found that to be true of you. And so even as I've followed you on social and gotten to know you personally, you're very generous with sharing what you've learned. So what's interesting about that, thank you. What's interesting about that is if I say that, it doesn't have any impact. Right. But if someone else says it about me, people are like, oh, wow. So that's, it, it's, be careful with the words that you use to describe yourself. Yeah. Because... I could say that I'm generous and hardworking and endearing and people are like, Oh, that's great. But 
why are you talking about yourself like that? Right. And so it's, it's, I think it's, there's actually a proverb that says like, be careful not to like toot your own horn, let somebody else toot it for you. Like, I know that's not like Bible language, but there's, there's actually one that says that. And yeah. so, and, but it's, you know, when you're putting together a bio, right. Right. Like I sent you two bios, right. One is like the cookie cutter. Like this is the thing with some big, big um, milestones that have happened where I've been to the white house or been featured an entrepreneur. And then there's this other thing that's like, okay, like, he thinks you should talk about Netflix. Right. And it's like, oh, that's that's interesting. It makes you think. And then people go, why do you say that? I go, well, I wrote the book on how to stand out. And they're like, oh, well, this guy really does know what he's talking about. <laughs> and so that's always my comeback now. Why do you wear jeans and a t-shirt? Well, I wrote the book on it. Yeah. They're like, oh, good. That's ah, good. <laughs> and they have no comeback. And I've won. It's like, checkmate. That's awesome. Drop the mic. Just drop it right that. in their face. I need to buy a bunch of mics and just drop them in front of people's faces. That would make you stand out. I should do that. Yeah. We'll have to send you a box of mics after this podcast. Get my Vince McMahon on. Yeah. <laughs> Who is your favorite character of all time, whether like real life person or um, someone on like a TV show? Probably Michael Scott. Okay. Um, at least at this phase of my life, I think that's the case. So he's like the guy you want to meet type of person? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I think Steve Carell's a nice guy just outside of the show, but... I think the thing I've realized over time is I actually admire the way he manages, even though it's very aloof sometimes. And I found myself going, Oh crap, I've done that. And when everybody else is like groaning, I'm going, Oh dang it. I'm sure that other people have felt that way about me, but I thought that was right in that situation to do it that way. And so, cause you know, a lot of it is you don't know what's going on in that situation. Right. And uh, I've always thought that Steve Carell, Michael Scott, very caring individual. Right? Yeah. And I think you can always tell that. Yes, a little psychotic. Yeah. And yes, a little crazy, but a very caring individual and would do everything. It actually popped up the other day on TV and it was the um, him starting his own paper company. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love those. <laughs> I love those episodes when he's there. During my Ironman training, I um, have nothing to do but consume content. And yeah. so I would have my iPad take to the gym. The office is one of the things that I did. <laughs> so I'd watch like, I watched the entire season in like a week. That's awesome. I, I guess <laughs> it's a lot of training though. So, well, seven hours a week minimum. Yeah. And you got to think that's 21 episodes because of 20 minute episodes. It goes fast. Yeah. So who, who's your character that you uh, enjoy or admire? probably Vince, Vince McMahon. Um, as he gets older though, I, you know, or as he gets older and I get older, I'm like, maybe not. Um, but I, I think if you, when I think about the American dream, you know, he took over his family's business the territory based business. And he said, Hey, I think I can make this bigger and I want to make it into a global juggernaut. And so the quick story on uh, WWE world wrestling entertainment, formerly WWF is he it used to be territories. So like different um, regions across the country. And so they have like the Northeast uh, Boston area. And he's like, I want to put all these things together and make them one. And he did that for a little while and then said, I want to, I want to create the super bowl of wrestling and created WrestleMania and it was his biggest risk at the time. And I, I love that he one saw something bigger, made it bigger and then make it, made it a juggernaut. But then along the way has really pioneered a lot of things too. Yeah. You know, people will think about the old XFL. I think the new XFL is actually going to work just well, uh, just fine. Um, and then he's really implemented a lot of new kind of camera angles, live video, the longest episodic TV show in history 
The WWE Network is one of the, the premier OTTs. I think it's the fifth largest OTT in the world. That's something that most people aren't doing, but I think will be doing. Um, I, I think he's a persistent and consistent pioneer. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that about him. Yeah. That's good. So Vince, if you're listening... He needs a recommendation for his next book. We're going to send this Vince McMahon's way in an email. Or Come something. on, Vince. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll send a clip of this to Vince McMahon. He'll be like, who is this guy? This donkey he ain't ever coming around. Get out of here. <laughs> well, Zach, thank you for joining us for Vitamin Lead. I'm glad that uh, those of you that are listening, I'm glad you got to meet my friend Zach Miller here. And uh, I hope that you will continue to join us. Uh, listen, uh, if you have questions for Zach, feel free to send those to us at vitaminleadteam at gmail.com or hit Zach up on Zach Miller Says uh, on social media. And uh, we will look forward to talking to you next time. You've been listening to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. And I am your host, TJ Reed. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.